Welcome to another episode of Slide Between the Pages with your hosts, Beck and Amanda. This podcast is dedicated to our love of sexy, spicy, dark and gritty romance novels. Please be warned that our episodes are explicit and do contain spoilers. If you have any triggers, please check each book we recommend before you read them. Otherwise, hang on tight and enjoy the ride. Y'all, we are back. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello, friends. Welcome back to season That's so boring. Can you not be boring right now? <laughs> season six of Slide Between the Pages with your hosts, Beck and Amanda. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to be on this podcast right now. <laughs> that was really like soothing, I thought. Do you know what? I um Sorry, everyone. Firstly, hello. Welcome. I mean, I know you've missed our voices over the past couple of weeks and we apologize for that, but we're back here in your ears. <laughs> I don't know how to say that any better because that's where that, yeah. that's where that is. In Are your we? ears, pumping through your car speakers, wherever you may be listening. Um, so yeah, we hope you have had an awesome break. If you've had a break, I know not all of our international friends have over here it's our summer break so our kids have literally just gone back to school mm-hmm. um this week uh so yeah we and we did we we did a few things in this break didn't we mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We um, I don't actually, even think it was a break to be honest yeah it wasn't so much because even though um yeah I mean it wasn't a break for us the kids had like seven weeks off um for their summer break we really only had a couple weeks off and then we were working um but we did take our daughters um up to a cheer camp Mm -hmm. it's just a couple of hours away and the cheer camp went for three days and it was quite like it was a fantastic holiday program for the kids because it included everything like there was cheer involved but they also did stand up paddle boarding and went to the beach and all this kind of fun stuff but for us it was just beck and i at a resort in the Hunter Valley, which is essentially wine country. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girls were gone for like 10 hours a day. It was amazing. It was so good. We did so much planning for this, for Slide Between the Pages and for Romance Cartel up there. But on the very first day, it was 35 degrees mm. and we sat around the pool, the adults pool. Mm. Now, let me tell you, Like what a treat that was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There were no kids splashing. There were no kids saying, mom, look at me. Nothing. It was so relaxing, so civilized. (laughs) I know. I didn't even know like who I was in that moment. We, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been anywhere like where I haven't had my kids with me firstly, but secondly, where I haven't been in a place that was also surrounded by other children because I had to take my children somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, And honestly, we just, we laid on the sun lounges for like hours upon hours upon hours. We read our Kindles. We read our Kindles in the water because it was so hot, Um, but there was no one splashing. So we could just read there. I know. It was amazing. Cocktails, you know, wedges by the pool. It was so good. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that that experience is going to live rent-free in my mind for a long time. (laughs) Um, Just that particular day was so good. But mainly because you were with me, though. Obviously. Sorry. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm getting off track. What? How could I forget these things? I know. Um, but yeah, sorry, jumping back, I I wanted to obviously say hello to everybody, but jumping back in terms of your professional voice, I was (laughs) editing out TikToks that we did, um, yesterday. So we did a TikTok about our February launch for Romance Cartel and also for, uh, this episode, which is featuring Penelope Black. And I was trying out the voice filters, but my favorite voice filter is the trickster and it didn't really work because of the echo, but this other voice filter that I put on there, it made us sound like professional news readers while we were talking. Like, like what uh, which, one, is which one was this? Uh, I don't know. I think it's the first one possibly. 
Um, I think it might be called the darling filter, um, voice filter. Anyway, it was hilarious. I'm like, oh my God. We sound did so you post it with that on there or did you take it? No, off? I was oh. like, look, it's not a true representation of it. Oh, come on. You should have done that. <laughs> we should have. We should have. Um, anyway, we're excited to be back at it. We've got some really great guests planned out for this season. Um, if you have any guests that you would like us to have on the show, let us know or send them to the Romance Cartel website because we do have a, a podcast guest interest form there that they can sign up. Mm-hmm. That also really helps us keep track of things as well because when we get it through there, then we know who we've got, who to reach out from, out to and, yeah. Yep. Well, that's all from me if you've got anything to add, Beck. No. Okay. Well, enjoy the episode, guys. <laughs> Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, friends. We're here for season six. What the? And Wait, we've is got it really season six. It's season six. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I've got into the intro. I was totally going with season five. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Even Beck doesn't know. Great. Uh, anyway, we have a huge guest to start out the season, and it is Penelope Black. Welcome, Penelope. Hello. So excited to be here. We are excited to have you because we have some things to discuss. So let me tell you. Um, now, firstly, a bit of an introduction of yourself for anybody that hasn't read Penelope's books before. So you do live in the Midwest with your husband and your two tiny humans, as you describe them. When you're not <laughs> writing, you enjoy over-the-top action movies, iced chai lattes, and soaking up the sun in your backyard with a good book. I mean, yes. Sounds pretty ideal, right? <laughs> it does. It really does. Now, you've got a, a wide range of books available, um, we're going to talk about the five family series mostly today, but outside of that, just to get people introduced to what else you have, um, you do have in a little while, which is an age gap romance. I mean, stop it. It's my, can I say smartest? I don't know. What I can say. It's my yeah. smuttiest book I've ever written. And it's a novella. Um, oh, perfect. Actually- I've got nothing to do for a couple of hours this afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, um, upon very a popular request, I've been asked to expand on that. So I'm actually working on just like it's still a novella. Honestly, I'm like it's ninety three percent spice. This novella, <laughs> you know, like that's it's weird for me. Most of my other books are very plot driven, um, mm-hmm. but this is just like just going all in, just all in with it. So it's age gap. It's a little taboo. It's ex-boyfriend's uncles. It's a little mafia, but it's mafia light to be very clear. And it's just like um, our our heroine is a virgin. So there's all of these different things. It's all very things. tropey. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Sorry, Amanda. I'm going to have to uh, divert <laughs> from our TBR for, for, for a little afternoon, if that's okay. Amanda can yeah, you a very strict reading <laughs> Really? Look, I'm a mood reader. Look, 100%. This is only for the purposes of the podcast. Like, she makes me out to be this, like, you know, (laughs) drill sergeant in her life. Like, I'm just sitting there being like, you can't read these things. No, no, no. You have to read certain (laughs) things for the podcast, is what I'm referring to. And then she has to give me deadlines so then I can fit in all of the other things because I'm the same. I'm a mood reader as well. But like, she's like, so yesterday, she's like, so. Just so you're aware, the next book you have to read is this one and it has to be read by this date. I was like, okay. So I'm like. <laughs> she has to. She, and That's to funny. be fair, guys, she has to be kept in line. Because if she wasn't, she'd just be, you know, she'd over. never be prepared for the episodes. <laughs> but I am putting you on notice that I'm going to have to. Yeah, but the good sense. thing about this is you could have this wrapped up in like a couple hours. It's exactly. a very quick read, you know. I've, I've, so got just, I've got a bit of a drive this afternoon, so I can probably should be in the car. <laughs> I'll be done. The- <laughs> um, you've also got when it ends, which I actually jumped into completely unprepared. Um, because I just sometimes like to just go in blind and I see like little snippets. I'm like, yep, okay, let's jump onto that. 
And it is a dark, post-apocalyptic, why choose romance? And, you know, like I'm like, what do I expect from this? I don't know. I've never read anything like that before. And obviously yeah. I freaking loved it. Um, oh, yay. <laughs> it's just- I, um, I, that was my passion project. It had been a story on my mind for probably a year and a half before I actually put pen to paper. And it it's born out of my deep appreciation for over the top action movies. <laughs> but I always wanted like more romance. Like I want to, because in like these apocalyptic movies, you're like, you know, the hero and is not really going to die. You know, like they, they're going to be save the day. They're going to make it and survive. And I'm like, but what if there was a love interest? <laughs> and now it's not just them that they have to worry about survival. They have to worry about this person. And at the end of the world, I would imagine your senses are so heightened that it'd be very easy to fall in love with somebody or rekindle a romance as it were for somebody that you used to love because now like your extremes it's literally life or death situations and I have never cried as much as I ever have writing than I did writing that book it was just like high anxiety writing the whole time um my friend beta read it for me and she's like I'm gonna send you my apple watch heart monitor rate because it's like so high when I'm reading it <laughs> and I'm like thank you I you know took that as a compliment <laughs> so it's a standalone end of the world apocalyptic romance that I feel like I don't know if you finish it but I feel like I leave yes. readers on the edge of their seat pretty much up until the last page so absolutely and yeah, I think it's a a good one for people to jump into if they're looking for something different as well, because yeah. it's not something that you come across all the time. And as I said, I I did not even know what to expect out of it. So it it was really good. And yeah, Thank something you. else to jump into. Thank you. I yeah. love I, like end of the world like shows and stuff. I don't I, I don't know. Even when I was little, I used to like imagine like what if it happened and then I have to I'm out there with like myself and my brother and stuff like as a kid you know because I'm yes. really well at that point um but yeah I'm watching what's that the latest one is it called the last ones or something the last of the last of us the I'm last of us. obsessed I'm not gonna so lie. good so I good. almost threw my whole release schedule out the window to be like maybe I should do a zombie so good and so like again Amanda I'm sorry I'm gonna have to add <laughs> Amanda's yeah, I mean, I'm really I'm really shooting myself in the foot here with this schedule I know but keep going <laughs> um, we'll have to chat after about it because I have many I never played the video game for that book but I have many opinions on it yes so. absolutely 100% would love that um okay the other two series we have we've got the las vegas love series which is the ran in the wild and the brotherhood series which is wolf sully and rush we haven't read those ones yet so do you want to give everybody a bit of an overview of those ones sure so the brotherhood series is where we actually meet all of our characters that we see in the later series it's like um so they're all i like to say they're all in the same world but yep. they have their own little subsets, like the Brotherhood, then the Five Families. And then the Las Vegas Love Duet is the first of a series of, I would I would call them like interconnected duets. So they're about five sisters, the King sisters, and you meet them in the Brotherhood. And they are like Irish mafia heiresses, Love born it. to a father who wanted boys because he's like head honcho guy and got five girls instead. So they are totally <laughs> badass. They all specialize in kind of their own things. And then they will all have their own like gang of boyfriends, basically. <laughs> so oh it, it, they're amazing. Tropes. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Well, you know, like, I don't know how many I haven't written all of them, obviously. So I'm like, some might have three, some might have four. I don't know. Some might be an actual gang, like mafia gang. Some might not be. Well, who knows? I have them loosely plotted, um, but we're talking another. There's like two books each. Two are done, you know, so the first duet's done. So I do not have those books out yet. You know, like they're not on my radar yet. Um, and the Brotherhood is the intro to all of this. So it is um, Irish Mafia. 
which is like a running theme for me. <laughs> um, it's Irish Mafia. It is um, found family. It's forced proximity. It's got a light stepbrother twist. Um, it has a second chance romance in there. It's, I don't know. I think out of all of the series, that one might have a different sort of special place in my heart because it was my first book. These are characters that I had thought about for a year, two years before I ever made the switch to writing, which ironically was a from a very kind-hearted nudge from some author friends, like just do this, you know? Um, so those were like the first, I probably see the most of myself in the main character, um, Elena in the Brotherhood series. So it has a different sort of special place. I feel like all of my books have a different <laughs> special place, you know? <laughs> And I'm just me, truly but... regretting asking you to speak about these books because, like, <laughs> Beck cannot, she she can't fit these books. Into <laughs> as soon as you said stepbrother, then Amanda's like, oh, she's gone. <laughs> you're saying, like, Irish mafia, badass sisters, Mike, great. Yeah. She's gone. yeah she's and the thing is, she just, she's such a slow reader. Just I, I was going to say, they're pretty fast reads, though. They're not, I don't, um, my books, I feel like are like page turning in the sense that they are plot heavy a lot of times. Like there's a lot happening. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's also spice and steam and character stuff galore, but they're not super long books. They're, you know, just your normal 350, 300, whatever pages. They're not 600 pages, you know, which maybe <laughs> could take you a little bit more to devour. Yeah, but I mean, how many books are we talking here? What, like, there's like at least eight, isn't it? <laughs> like, oh, for God's sake. Well, you know, <laughs> I like, do have oh. some on audio, though. If you're an audiobook listener, you can hammer those out while you're cleaning your house or doing your dishes. That's what I like to do it. Mm. I <laughs> think I I'm going to just... have to start. I haven't yet I'm gone down the audiobook, but I'm definitely going to have to um, because I just can't keep up. It's a different when, way when she listening. says she can't keep up she can't keep up with her own ever-growing tbr that she's creating well, you know isn't that all of our problems so don't 100%. we all have a never like, i need to i want to know <laughs> i want to read all of these books amanda's also, that extreme though with um monitoring me because not only do i get a text message and then i get it in our shared calendar then i also we have a shared notes and it's like just I've got so. to do it and I'm sorry I I need to explain myself here everybody because I mean it does sound like I'm a drill sergeant once again you are but what happens more often than not is that I do these things and then like we'll be two days out and I'll be like well, how are you going with the read and she'll be like you never told me about this <laughs> so I need to put it there like four or five times because clearly <laughs> What? Just, not enough. I just say that just to throw her off a bit. Then I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to get those calendar alerts. I live <laughs> by my calendar. But it has to give me an alert because I don't really open it to check it that often. Yes. I just have to see that push notification. Right, now she's going to put the alert on. You don't have the alert on. No. You're going to have to put the Sorry. alert on. I don't put the alert on. I'm going to put like a two-week, a one-week reminder, yep. three days, the whole time. I tell you what, though, the best thing I ever did was when I brought my two admins on my team and we all share a calendar and yep. I gave them, I'm like, here's what we do this is what I really need from you. So please just give me these alerts. Like if it's due on the third, tell me that's due on the first. Okay. Because I'm always going to be a day late. Like no matter what it is, I just can't, I just can't process anything differently. So then, you know, we're all good still. Yeah. Perfect. I love that idea. I love that. <laughs> She's like writing that down. <laughs> that's a great idea. How to manage back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're doing things a little bit different because normally we jump into the book straight away, but we're going to start with some questions first and then lead into the book. So okay. what was it that got you into writing? Like how did it start? You mentioned some author friends. Um, let us like, tell us how that whole process went. Okay. So I'm sure like many of you, I grew up, devouring books like any book I could get my hands on I was an avid reader and ever since I was little and then um, when I went to college that sort of faded away because I spent so much of my time 
reading stuff that I found <laughs> less enjoyable, <laughs> you know, like his history or, or mathematics yep. or whatever. Um, and then once I graduated, I sort of fell back in love with reading. Um, and I still remember I was like 21 and I was still living at home and I was up until like 2 a.m. reading, just like anything I could get my hands on. I'm like, this is wild. <laughs> you know, it's just this sort of ferocious love for the ability that so many authors have to just transport you into an entirely different world. And before you know it, you are like adopting these mannerisms <laughs> of these characters that you just binged an eight book series on, you know? Yes. Um, and so it kind of just naturally progressed from there. I think it was back in like 2016 was when like Facebook bookish groups really sort of started. And I remember joining a couple and thinking this is this is cool. Like I can just find, cause there was no one near me that read like I did. I had some friends, I had some family and they're like, Oh sure. Try these nonfic books and no shade to anybody. I just don't personally enjoy it. My husband is only like a nonfic reader. I don't know how we married each other. Honestly. <laughs> you know, and I'm only fiction, only really romance. That's, you know, I'll do subgenres of that, but it's gotta be romance. And so I started connecting with these people. And at that time, it wasn't as, I don't know. It's like, I, we were talking about, okay, well, all of my author friends live in other states or other countries, and that's just normal for us. But yes. back then, it felt kind of different. I was kind of like, this is a whole new world. I can't believe I'm talking to someone who's in California. We love the same books. This is amazing. And so I started just really making friends in a way I'd never made friends before and bonding over our shared love for book boyfriends and, you know, book <laughs> girlfriends in some case too. And um, I have a background in journalism and marketing. So I was working for a transportation company at the time and a friend, an author friend had asked me in a panic if I could help like proofread her manuscript because something fell through with an editor and she just really needed some eyes and I had some history with that stuff. So I started segueing into doing some editing for some indie authors. And I saw sort of like what I like to call like the back of house of like the book industry, you know? Um, and I liked it. I enjoyed like deep diving into those manuscripts and like getting to know the authors well enough where there was that level of trust and comfort um, and now being on the other side, like it's, it's so wild, you guys, um, <laughs> to just like hand your baby, your 400 page baby to someone and say, please, you know, make it better, but be kind while you do it, <laughs> you know? um, which most people are to be fair, but it's just like a wild experience. So, um, fast forward a couple years and I had had some friends kind of saying, you should really write. You're really good at this. I think you would be great. You've got good ideas. I'm like, no, not for me. Can't do it. I'm happy staying behind the scenes. We're good. And then the pandemic happened. And suddenly, like so many of us, I found myself needing to pivot. So I took a giant leap of faith and started taking classes on craft and how to structure a story in a way that made sense coming from my brain, but that would be readable for readers. Like it, they, you know, would enjoy the flow of the story and character arcs because I'd never really deep dived and that kind of stuff any, at that point. And um, I was really scared. I'm not gonna lie. I was really scared. I still get scared every time I have to upload a new book. <laughs> I always think, I go through these roller coaster phases where I'm like this, this is nobody's gonna like this book. This is garbage. I can't believe I wrote this. And then I'm like, Oh, my God, I wrote this. This is amazing. You know, and I'm like, Okay, I can't do this. There's a lot of sweating going involved in this. And like, I'm like panic voice memoing my friends, like someone talked me down. You know, there's still a lot of that to be clear. I feel like I'm not making myself look very good right now, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I think that oh. that's very genuine though. Like it, even like in completely different experiences, like even ourselves, like with our podcast, with our book box business, like we go through stages like that as well. Like it's just so like 
genuine, like to have those feelings, like where you go, like you wake up one day, you're like, yes, this is fantastic. Like, look what we have done. Look what we can achieve with this. Then the next day you're like, oh my God, no, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Why are we doing this? Yeah. (laughs) And I think there's this inherent vulnerability that you can't really understand until you've experienced it, you know? It's this sort of nervousness in a way where you are putting, whether it's a book box or a book you've written or a cover you've designed or even edits that you've worked on for a book, you're putting it out into the world for judgment and for consumption. And I think everybody I've talked to, you know, has said it doesn't really get easier. You just learn how to manage that stress or anxiety better. So that's still where I'm at. I don't know that it'll ever be easier for me. Um, as a rule, I still don't really read reviews on my own. If I get tagged in something, absolutely read, reply, comment and stuff. But I don't go searching for those things because I'm not at that level of hardened vulnerability yet where I'm like, cool, they hated it, but cool. You know, like, I'm just like, that's fine. Hate it. Totally fine. I'm never writing again. Every person, (laughs) but I can't, I don't want to read it. And I don't really think they're always for, you know, the creators either to see that those are for other consumers that's just my personal opinion but there's my long-winded way of saying I think it would be really difficult to read negative reviews about something that you've put a lot of energy and time into um I would like to point out at this point um Geneva Rose I don't know if you've seen her on TikTok she's another author she writes uh is it the perfect marriage? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, anyway, she <laughs> had a similar thing in terms of a review, but basically somebody like actually went out of their way to email her and let her know that they hated her book. Uh, and she started an entire series on TikTok about this guy named Scott um, <laughs> who wrote her this email. And honestly, she trolled him back so hard. So good. Like, you need to go and watch the videos. We have been in hysterics watching this Scott saga, um, but honestly, like, uh, uh, like, amazing that she did that because I, w- I think I would have just been bursting into tears <laughs> if I got something like yeah, that. Yeah, that is hard. There's been many times where I've been tagged or emailed or DM'd just someone's real negative <laughs> review of one of my books, and I'm like, that's. I don't know what you want me to do with that. You know, like sometimes I think it's fine for constructive criticism. um, But if somebody just doesn't jive with your writing style, there's not really a whole lot that you can really do, you know, so certain things like that. And also I just, that's just my own thing though. I, I don't, I would personally not slide into an author's DMs and say, I hated this and here's all the reasons why I hated it. Like, well, you know, you exactly want to post right. it on your page. That's fine. You can do that. Yeah. You anywhere you want, but it's I a different <laughs> thing, right? Because it really comes down to respect for other human beings in terms of the fact that you can put a, a review up, as you said, in your own personal pages, whatever you want to, you want to make people aware of why you didn't like it in case, mm-hmm. you know, other people might have the same thing, but to go to somebody's like directly to somebody that's created a piece of, of work. And to say that it's the same as like you working wherever you might work and somebody just walking into your workplace and going, hate you, hate everything. Yeah. You like, it's just not something <laughs> hair, that's done. So why do people looks like shit? Yeah, you look like shit. Why why do people think it's okay in relation to certain things? But like, you know, they would never accept it if it was, if they were working in a different job and somebody was to walk in and say that. It's just, yeah, it does blow my mind how people think that that's okay. Look, we all know how I feel about these reviews. We've discussed it many a time. Just don't be an asshole. Like I just, you don't need to be What is the point? Like if you want to write a review and to your point, yeah, like, you know, be constructive like if it was something but why do you even have to go to the effort to go and write this scathing review and then make it personal that's where I'm like no you're an asshole and I'm really not going to take that I don't even read reviews to be honest like I'll read some of them and like I find some of the one star ones quite hilarious sometimes like yeah like I think I seen one the other day it was for haunting Adeline now everyone knows like that is like everywhere 
that there are some serious triggers. I haven't read it myself yet, but um, like <laughs> they're all like, oh my gosh, it contained all these things. But then there's like a, a very lengthy part, like trigger warning in the front of that book. It's like, why did why did you continue reading it? Like if these were all yeah. things that you don't were, read it at that point. Like don't if read you it. don't like those things, don't read it. There's no yeah. there's no time to read things that you don't like. Yeah. Find something That's how I feel. You know, not every book is for every reader. And I 100% believe that and support that. Absolutely. I just don't like it when, you know, you open your app, whatever social media app it is, and then you get slammed with all these messages and comments yeah. on your post or something about how they hated it. I'm like, for me, it's just, I don't enjoy it. You know, I have to deal, so many people have to deal with, um, you know, just like trash men in your Instagram comments and DMs and stuff. And now on TikTok too. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. No. I just want to stay in my bookish community with my besties, maybe make some new besties, talk about books. That's exactly. all I want to do, you know? That's all we want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are you currently working on? So I am actually working on right now um, adding some more to my super spicy novella in a little while. So that will be, I would say probably next week that's going on or that will be available for everybody who wants to re-download it or dive back in, um, which I'm excited about. <laughs> like I said, it's like 93% spice. It's just the absolute <laughs> spiciest thing I've ever written. <laughs> so I'm just going for it in this one. I'm like, let's just, what else can we make happen? You know? And I think it's, it's the most taboo in the, well, it's not the most taboo I've ever written, but it's definitely the most taboo I've ever published because my next book that I'm, that I've already started plotting and um, developing these characters is the most taboo unhinged men I've ever written in my entire life. I can't stop though. I don't know what it is about them. I got inspired by a single sentence spoken by like from a TV show. And I'm like, oh, I kind of like the just sort of almost deranged intensity and obsession. I'm like, what? Okay. And then I had a dream. And that night I had a dream about this scene unfolding. I woke up at 6am, like getting my kids ready to school, voice memoed my, my assistants. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to write about this. And it was like five minutes of just rambling to be fair. Um, <laughs> but it just sort of evolved and kept growing. So that is what I'm going to be working on next. It is, it'll be mafia. It's just a thing for me, I guess. It's like an Irish mafia, <laughs> um, but it's taboo. It's got some new tropes I've never really written before. Um, there's going to be a breeding kink in this one, which is, it's. Uh, I think sometimes breeding kink gets a bad rap. <laughs> you know, sometimes people hear that and they think like, monster romance which it definitely can be in monster romance but it's not exclusive to that so um I recently found I enjoy that kink so we're in some books I read so I'm like let's see let's see what happens <laughs> um so that'll be a standalone kind of connected to like the brotherhood world you know they all they all are somewhat connected loosely at least um and then we move on to a new series within that world after that. So if you've read Five Families, you know that that story is about Elena, the Brotherhood, or excuse me, that story is about Maddie. The Brotherhood is about Elena, her cousin, okay. and then Maddie's twin sister, Mary, her story is coming this year. Oh, so it's going to be one of my questions. <laughs> yeah. Look, so look. And I mean, we're going to jump into this now anyway, but like, I have some things to say to Mary. All right. No, everyone does. It's okay. I can take them. I have Mary. Gets, <laughs> Mary gets some hate, and that's fine because she's been she's been pretty bitchy. Can I say that? Is I don't absolutely. Know. I mean, she has. Okay. She has. She has been. But I can. I will eat my words gladly if this doesn't happen. But I will guarantee that everybody who is like F Mary right now will be Team Mary by the end of her trilogy. Because see, I can see that. I can see that. There's a lot. 
Mm -hmm. a lot that's going on behind the scenes and stuff that I knew about. So I had plotted the three girls very loosely before I started writing anything because I wanted to make sure that it lined up right. So by the time you get to Mary's story, even if you didn't read anything, you would know. But if you definitely read everything before, you'd be like, I kind of hate her. I'm not really sure about (laughs) this, you know, but I'm going to give her a try. And I think some things will kind of make sense then. So absolutely. I mean, yeah, she's got a big redemption arc coming. Let's just yep. say that. <laughs> but also, yeah. I don't know if it's just the masochist in me, but I was just like, you know, where she goes, you know, in Gilded Princess, and that whole thing was intriguing. I'm like, ooh, absolutely, the storyline was intriguing. But I'm like, girl, you got a lot to make up for. I need to know why all this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's sort of like she's definitely on a downward slope from like the beginning of the brotherhood when you first meet her, but definitely I feel like it's accelerated in the five family series. Yeah. She goes even further down that rabbit hole, if you will. Um, but I think, you know, she's, she's got a, a great redemption arc and she's got a great set of men who are going to help her. Mm. Oh, I just know. She does. I just know. I'm right. I am for it. sure she does. And <laughs> I'm, so, I can't wait. Yeah, she's gonna. That is, I've been pretty open about it, but her series, I don't have a name for it quite yet, or I haven't, like, I'm not publicly sharing it yet, I should say. Um, but it is MC, so it's a motorcycle Mm, romance, exactly. Like, I was already sold on her book, like, even though she annoyed me and she did have some things to make up to me personally, Mm -hmm. um, she (laughs) was obviously with the MC club, so I was like, you know, like. I, I think we were talking about it. I said to I, even during the first one, I'm like, look, I don't know if Mary has a book or a series past this, but like, I feel like I need it in my life. And now I know where she is. Um, yeah. Yeah. People, I've had a lot of readers asking for her for a while, and I've always been pretty transparent about this. Sorry. <laughs> um, but her story is probably going to be the most emotionally draining for me. Mm -hmm. It's just, she's so heavy. She has a lot inside and I just couldn't, I just wasn't in a place where I could do her justice then. And I had these other stories that were brighter, bigger, louder, where I'm like, I just really need to work on this and let her kind of simmer back there. Um, Because it was just really, it was really hard. I think I've, so I've only been publishing for a little over two years so all of those books came in a little over two years. And that is quite a bit massive. Objectively. <laughs> I feel that like a huge so, amount. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, you know, I would definitely say flirting with burnout toward the end of this last year. Um, and I knew that I just needed a little bit of a breather to spend time with my family and kind of like get my thoughts together and start to really think about what like my 2023 schedule is going to be. So I knew Mary was coming this year. I just didn't know when. So she, I don't have an exact date, but I know for sure she's going to come this year and it will be a trilogy like the other girls too. Love that. And so jumping into um, Gilded Princess, we're not going to go into too much of it because we don't want to give spoilers away. Um, but as you said, it is Maddie, who is Mary's twin sister and Lainey's cousin. Um, now, did you laugh when you left people on that brutal cliffhanger at the end of that book? Like, seriously, I am thankful that when I read it, book two was available. But I mean, damn, that would have been harsh. I know, but I will say... That's why I kind of laugh now because I'm like, look, all of the books are out. So like the cliffs are brutal. I'm not going to deny that. I have a love-hate relationship with cliffhangers. As a reader, I love them. Mm. Also as an author, I love them. (laughs) Writing them, you know. Um, I do recognize though that a good cliffhanger makes you want to chuck your Kindle across the room or whatever. But it also makes you thirsty for more. Personally, that's my experience. I have a place. You need I got to know now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just love that. I love that reading experience where you're sort of left on this high and you're going, what, wait, what? There's nothing left. I can't, bo- she left me on this cliff like this. And I'm like, yeah, I did. So yeah. 
I mean, I they don't laugh, but I definitely find enjoyment getting those like I just like, I just think that you were sitting there like best. you know doing these yeah. evil ones like <laughs> just I, laughing I at all people. <laughs> I'm the same. I love it. I love to feel. I tortured, love them, and I love the like. Yes. You know, yeah. But I'm one yeah, of those no. psychos that loves horror movies too. Like I she's love a masochist. We've already discussed this many times love about it. her. I mean, I like the edging side of it. So yeah. Mm. Me too. Uh, so everyone kind of, you know, some people came for me because my Brotherhood series is definitely a slower paced burn than, I mean, Gilda Princess by like chapter six. There's some things happening, you know, um, but I mm. like that. Some a reader tagged me in a review and said, it's a novel in edging. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, but I'm into it. So I yeah. like that tension, that angst, that sexual push and pull a little bit. Um, and I like it. I just think, so I should say too, that almost every book I write at the end, even though I obviously know what's going to happen, I cry when I write it. It's like a cathartic thing for me because it's the end of a book, but also I have a tendency to leave my characters on a very high cliff. Like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And I'm like, my husband, bless his heart, comes down the stairs all the time because I write in my kitchen a lot and uh, my headphones on and I'm just crying. And he's like, (laughs) what's happening? And I was like, it's the end of the book. He's like, but you know what's happening. I was like, I know, but nobody else does. (laughs) The readers aren't going to know. And he's like, okay, I'm going to. This is a good thing, babe. It's a good thing. (laughs) He just is like, okay. And he gives me like an awkward little side hug and a hat and moves on. Oh my God, that would be my husband would do the exact same thing. Like you are weird. (laughs) I love that. I'm like, I don't know. It's just my process. So Um... I think. I know we're not doing spoilers. I don't I, I don't do spoilers or try not to, I should say. But I think the steepest cliff in that series is the third book, in my opinion, because of just the way it is. So like the first book cliff in comparison, I'm like, yeah, but that's not the third book cliff. That one's pretty <laughs> brutal, you know? Yeah, I think the first one, yeah, you do have that cliffhanger element, but you also you know, find something out that you've been trying to figure out the whole. There are some reveals right at the end. Yeah. I think I, I do enjoy writing it like that. I like a little, I like an aha moment, like Mm. a twist. I typically like to do a sneaky twist too. Hopefully that catches many readers by surprise or like maybe proves a theory or disproves a theory they've had while they're reading um, nothing brings me more joy than getting those like voice memos or DMs from readers when they're reading a book or they just finished. Um, that's sort of like, like nice, like friendly rage because they're mm. on the end of a cliff and the next book isn't out yet. Like those are my, those are my favorite DMs to get. <laughs> um, the one thing I really loved about Gilded Princess and in particular Maddie was that she really, from the start, had her mindset that she wanted a whole gang yeah. of men. Like she was yeah. like, straight away, she was like, this is it. happening. I want it. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. want it. And, you know. I loved it. I was just, I think, laughing at her in a, in a commentary like the whole time. I, I know. Like, oh, she buddy. was so, part of it was because, so it, that series does come after the brotherhood in like the timeline, the sequence of events. So she saw her cousin yeah. get this gang, like, you know, like this group of men. Mm. And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take one of those, please. Um, but great. she didn't have any like rhyme or reason to it. She's like, I want it. So let's manifest it somehow. And then like life does, it throws you a random set of curveballs. And she, I feel like she, you know, figured out her path pretty easily you know she in a lot of ways is kind of like a misunderstood park avenue princess type you know she kind of walks that walk in new york you know they're in a private boarding school basically um and but it's not really who she is she's way more than just the glitz and glamour of that she takes advantage of it she has some friendships there that maybe are genuine but it's not really 
like where she thinks she belongs. So a lot of her book and her series is really finding out who she is and like testing her metal, like what she's made out of and what she can do. And she can do a lot more than she thought she could, which I always think is kind of fun for them to discover. Absolutely. Uh, I think, and I also love when she finds out who they are, like as in what they're connected to. And she's like, end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just didn't really be there. I, I know. know. And he's like, did you not listen to what I said? And she's like, yeah, I heard you, but I'm not really sure why this is a big deal. <laughs> like, why yeah. are you making it? And she's probably that? like, tick, actually, I really, yeah, I like, I enjoyed it. It's into my, into my harem. <laughs> um, so it is, it is good for readers at this point because yeah, it's completed the trilogy and you know, the, extra novella that goes at the end um so you do have uh you know a why choose dark romance with mafia and it's amazing so yeah lots of twists lots of suspense lots of edging so i mean (laughs) pick it up (laughs) so much edging in the dark too yeah you'll know yeah yeah, I think um, <laughs> Gilded Princess had her moment too. So thank you to Book Talk. Somehow a couple of videos sort of took off. I want to say like in September of this last year, even though it had already been out for over a year and she she really had a chance to shine. And so it was just kind of really fun for me because I had you know been out from that book for so long. I was already moved on to different stories and stuff to see readers. That's always the funnest part for me is to see readers fall in love with these characters and to see them after they've been out or I'm, you know, writing something else now, it's kind of fun. You know, I feel like I get to kind of experience it with them, so to speak, or like as they experience it, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you have a favorite book or series that you have written? You know, I... I kind of blinked at this question because I feel like it's kind of sneaky. <laughs> um, I don't. I think I've always said this is I write the book or the characters that I want to read. I feel like that is a cheesy answer, but that's really the truth. When I sat down to write The Brotherhood or when I these first characters came to me is because I really wanted to read a sort of Irish mafia stepbrother romance like a why choose romance and I just couldn't really find anything that sort of you know mood reader problems right I couldn't really find anything that met that criteria so I'm like I'm just gonna write it (laughs) and see what happens and from that really all three girls were born from that series so that sort of unfolded very organically but with everything else it's just like my apocalyptic romance I just really wanted to read a book like that And I couldn't find it. And I'm like, this would be just, I'm just going to try it. And it's not really when my wheelhouse of like the dark mafia stuff that I've been writing, but, um, you know, I'm still really happy with the way it turned out. And it is so different from anything I've written or really read. It's the same for everything. This book that I'm writing next, can't find anything like it. So I'm like, I'm just going to write it. I'm going to see what happens. And so far that philosophy hasn't steered me wrong. So Knock on wood, I guess. (laughs) Fantastic. I love that. Are you planning on attending any events in Australia anytime soon? I, you know, I was um, scheduled to sign at Babe. And unfortunately, I had to um, cancel that due to some family obligations that came up. Um, You know, I had signed on a while ago. And then as you get closer to the event, things happen. And I was so, I'm still bummed. I'm still really bummed. A lot of my friends are going and I'm having some serious FOMO about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I hope to, I hope that I will be invited the next time they have one, maybe next year or the year after. I forget how often they do them. Um, and if so, you know, I'll be there with bells on. I just, I was, I'd really love to visit. I have a lot of close reader friends um that live in Australia that I was really looking forward to seeing and some author friends too so it would be great too (laughs) one day hopefully well we would love to have you over here so yes we'll keep our fingers crossed as well okay this is this is a bit cheeky I know but I do like to do these because I know what's coming already (laughs) (laughs) 
It is a fuck, marry, kill, date, Matteo, Leo, Aries, and Dante. You know I can't answer that, right? Like, there's just no real way I can do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it to you guys. 100%. I was answers. like, please ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Go. And I'll All tell right. you why I can't answer after. Okay. Well, I'm 100% fucking Aries. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Without even a dip. Like, Done. not even. Um, I'm going to date Leo. Okay. <laughs> oh, dear. You can't see her right now, but she looks distressed. At I'm really <laughs> distressed with the last two that I've left now. Um. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm changing that. I'm going to kill Leo. Oh, my God. Poor I'm, Leo. I'm going to date Mateo and I'm going to marry Dante. Okay. I'm going to fuck Aries, obviously. Um, <laughs> And I am going to marry Leo. I'm going to date Dante because you just know he's just going to be so attentive. Like, you, he mm-hmm. already shows that throughout. I'm marrying him, yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's why I'm going to. Yeah, and I'm going to kill Mateo only because I feel like he could totally, you know, we could do a fake death. That's fine. We'll get through that. Oh, you're going to create a loophole. I did, yeah. Loophole. Nobody told me there was some restrictions. (laughs) I've been set up for failure. It's not my fault you didn't think outside of the box. It's not my fault. I think I'll just have a good time with him before I kill him off. Like, that'll be fine. I get so I get so tickled when I hear these because I think it's really interesting I it's like I always find it so interesting to hear who everyone's favorites are and with my like alpha beta readers when I'm writing them and they get chapters like chunks of chapters at a time I know I can almost always predict who they're going to pick as their favorite based on their previous favorites every once in a while they surprise me but it's like if you really like X, then this guy is probably going to be your favorite because he gives that kind of vibe. Um, I can never pick a favorite guy. I can never pick a favorite character. I know that sounds like a cheesy cop-out answer, but it's legitimate. I never even have, because I think it's because I write why choose. So like even in one story that I'm writing, I'm writing at least four POVs. So yes. my favorite is usually who's ever seen I'm writing like whoever is like really needs it and sometimes it's not even from that person's point of view maybe it's maybe it's from Mateo's point of view but it's really a chapter about Leo so like you're really feeling for Leo or whatever it is you know so I'm like okay now my heart is feeling for him I'm rooting (laughs) for him in this scene but in the next scene I'm like okay no you're out of the picture now I'm rooting for this guy (laughs) it's weird I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how any other like why choose authors if that's what they do too. I should ask them actually. <laughs> um, but that's just like how I've always done it. So sometimes my favorite changes in a day too, depending on what I'm working <laughs> on. I'm like, yeah, that was this morning, but this afternoon it's this guy. So <laughs> different, different story. Like I'm here yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah. I love that. If you could pick one character from a book that you have read, who would you be? Oh, who would I be? Mm. Oh, I misread that. I thought if I could pick like a character from a book and I was going to pick 100% to be my like real life book boyfriend and it would be Jericho Barron's 100%. (laughs) Have you guys read the Fever series yet? No, we haven't. Okay. It's like Jericho Barron's is the OG ultimate alpha hole book boyfriend. (gasps) So if you're into that. Yes. He's a green light. Oh, great. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Penelope. <laughs> oh, is she writing it down? I was like, great. why are we whispering? <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> so listen, and that's a that's a time commitment. It's a long series, but you couldn't stop in the middle comfortably. Um, it's by, it's a fever series by Karen Marie Moaning. It is like fantasy, but it's set now. So it's not mm. like, I don't know how to explain it. And it's about Faye. So it's like a Faye mm-hmm. fantasy. It's just exquisite. It's exquisite. And he, there's a lot of mystery and suspense. And it's just, 
yep, that's who I'm picking. That's that's I made my own question, I guess. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Perfectly. That's fine. We go for it. Because I got another book to read out of it. So <laughs> you'll have to let me know what you think when you get to it in July. <laughs> July 2026. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Do you have, I mean, do you go on TikTok outside of like posting yourself? Mm-hmm. And do you have a favorite side? I mean, Bex, one of Bex's favorite sides of TikTok is potato talk. I love potato talk. <laughs> I've never heard of this. What's potato talk? Penelope, it's like how you, like all the different ways you could cook potato. I love a good potato. I know. French fries are like my love language, 100%. Yeah, you really can't go past a good French fry, but like for Christmas last year, for example, and Amanda can attest, this has so been much. a lifelong journey for me. So much. About how to get the perfect crispy roast potato and so because every Christmas I you know I have a big family so we all bring something and I'm always tasked with the potatoes and then I came across potato talk and the amount because we share a TikTok account the amount of favorite (laughs) so many like all the favorite of videos are just potatoes and how to cook them I'm like oh my god hilarious but this is I obviously outside you. of book talk. Like book talk is well, our yeah. number one. And then these yeah. are like side projects, if you may. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, I but what was it. your recipe though? Because I actually, well, my so my husband's the cook in my house. I don't know how it happened, you guys. I married up in that aspect 100%. <laughs> I do not cook. I bake, but my husband mm-hmm. cooks like all of our meals, especially dinners. But we actually did a Christmas brunch with my side of the family and he made roasted red potatoes which are like my favorite like anytime I'm kind of cranky or I'm Mm. on a deadline he makes me roasted red potatoes and I just eat them sometimes cold or like room temperature I guess I really love potatoes so I love potatoes like yeah I could just live if I was on an island and they said bring one food I'd bring potatoes or I'd plan a potato farm like I would they're so versatile though so versatile on those so, yeah. Penelope, to answer your question, it's actually the perfect combination of duck fat and olive oil with some rosemary oh. and salt. But you've got to like, yeah, you actually have to, you know, like you parboil them and then you let the steam dry the potatoes and you rough them up a little bit and then you put them in the, like you already have the duck fat heating mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then you put the, the potatoes in. But then, you know, it's a bit of a process because you've got to take them out and recoat them and sprinkle them like but anyway, so I you leave this whole. So we chop up. So we parboil them, or we like get them soft in the microwave. Sometimes, if we're pressed for time, mm-hmm. and then we cut them up, and then we air fry them. And that is like mm-hmm. the best way to do it with like olive oil, rosemary, salt, mm-hmm. and pepper. Like keep it pretty simple. And then it's way less cleanup. And it's just like 30 minutes in there instead of roasting for like, you know, hours I feel like I whatever. need to get an air fryer, but also I'm I'm happy to leave these roasting to you and Penelope's husband. That's fine for me. <laughs> I would just eat them. Uh, I even had to do videos legit, for Amanda, like, you know, a time she lapse did. of me making she them did. and then the perfect crunch. I even tested them like, you know, a couple of weeks out, like with different yeah. potatoes. Um, and my daughter, I'm like, what about this one? And she's sitting next to me. She's like, I don't know, mom. I'm like, oh, I don't, <laughs> don't appreciate my potatoes. <laughs> it sounds like you should have gotten on Potato Talk with your own This video. is what I said to her. I'm like, why are you not journaling this? This Come on now. Your chronicles. Your because I don't quest. want people to make fun of me. <laughs> oh, please. Nobody will. And honestly, TikTok, I mean, it's if the algorithm is feeling sassy, it pushes you to people who just talk a lot of shit anyway. So yeah, who cares? Exactly. You just delete them and move on, you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, I spend most of my time primarily on book talk, but listen, I can't get enough of like the dance talk videos. I don't know why. I do I love the dance talk videos. I used to dance when I was younger, um, like jazz, modern ballet, that kind of stuff. And my toxic trait, I feel like, is still thinking I can dance like that, even (laughs) though I have not practiced. I mean, my dancing extends to like living room dance parties with my kids who who don't care, you know, like they're just happy to move. 
So that's my toxic trait. And I watched them. I was like, oh, I could try and do that. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, no, I cannot do that. But yeah, I, I feel that one day. Yeah I, yeah, I definitely hear you there because I was the same until I realized I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, TikTok made me realize that. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite pizza topping? Okay. So <clears throat> this made me laugh because it started out as a joke, but now I think I've put it in every, at least series, sometimes multiple books in a series um about pineapple on pizza and it's mm. caused this like huge but fun divide between my readers and my mm. reader group some people are yay pro pineapple and some people are like that's you know you just don't do it you're crossing a line I personally enjoy a pineapple on pizza Very well. thank goodness I was like we're gonna need <laughs> to cut this interview short <laughs> Well, the question um, normally is, does pineapple belong in a pizza? And then we were getting, yeah. yeah, the same type of reactions. So we changed it to favorite pizza topping, but I'm very thankful that you are leaning on that because, I mean, my favorite yeah. pizza is a Hawaiian. So good. So good. So good. So my, it's not my favorite topping, but I do like it. Um, so I, I can't have dairy, which is big bummer for me. So I don't have cheese on my pizza. Sometimes I have like fake cheese, but actually I really enjoy it without it now. Um, but I really like a combo. So here's my favorite combo. Um, artichokes, orange bell peppers, and fresh mushrooms, and either pepperoni or sausage. It's like the perfect combo. If I throw pineapple on there, I'm good with that too. But sometimes I don't always have that. Mm-hmm. So I have a we question. eat a lot of pizza do the toppings fall off the pizza without cheese <laughs> no question. there's still sauce so my husband makes <laughs> his own pizza dough you guys I'm so I'm not kidding he spoils me rotten with this he makes his own pizza dough it's like a three-day process like <laughs> you make it and then it has to like you have to do all these things to prove it and mm. then you put it in the fridge or and take it out. But like the best pizza dough sits for like one, like 24 hours to 72 hours. It's, I don't know why science, I guess. And so then, you know, you roll it out and we like it thin here. So they're not deep dish or even yep. like pan pizza. We like it pretty thin. Yep. And I just put like the sauce that he also makes by hand on there. And then my, I, I do load mine up with toppings. So the, otherwise I'm like, I'm eating a breadstick you know, like mm. give me some toppings on there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I just always thought the cheese was like glue. <laughs> yeah, same. I do. I do I'm believe so that cheese. I had the same thought. Yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes you put the cheese on top of the toppings and sometimes you put mm. the toppings on top of the cheese, depending on like, I think it's a regional thing, depending like what the style is. So yeah, we're I topping on top of anywhere. cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. I always think I can't make pizza if I don't have cheese, but now I feel like I've this is blown my mind. I mean, you probably won't like it as much, but for me, I think it's pretty tasty still. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's obviously a trend which is becoming, you know, quite large, which is that, you know, you have authors bringing their book cover models to signing events. Is that something that you have done or that you um, are kind of thinking about doing for future signing events? I've seen that trend and I've actually never thought about doing it. I'm attending my first signing as a signing author in April in Seattle, which I'm very excited about. Um, But I've tended as like a reader before and I have seen that trend. I've never thought about it. I think, well, my covers are like a mashup. Some are exclusive photos of like from photographers and some are just stock photos or not like the same type of photographers where you just buy them from a website. So it's a little bit different. Um, I never say never, but I don't know. I would be curious to see what those models experience is at a signing. Like, you know, I would just be curious to see if they like it if they're bored, if they're like, this is kind of weird or, you know, seeing my face on these covers everywhere or I don't know. Well, I think I can speak for some of the models because we've had a fair few on our podcast. Um, Lockie Carey, 
is um, on a lot of covers. Yeah. We um, have had David Tomasich, who's on okay. um, some covers, um, Christopher Jensen, and most recently Jamison Lang, who's on Nikki Castle's um, cover. And all of them okay. are like so all of them have been so humbled and so excited to firstly be on a book cover and like yeah. experience that, you know, that they were like, you know, genuinely like imagine being on a like book cover. Um, and yeah, I think all of them have attended events, haven't they? All three of them, all four of them, I mean, yeah. And they, they really enjoy it because it's like the, the, the character bringing the character mm-hmm. to life for readers. Right. Um, yeah. and yeah, they've, they they have enjoyed that experience. Um, and we like, we love them, like seeing them and, you know, I also so like lovely. getting photos with them. Yeah. And yeah. that's a, that is a benefit of the, <laughs> that is a side <laughs> benefit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of wild though, to think about like, if we could take a step back and just think objectively hmm. about a being a model and then like your photo is sold to an author or designer and now your face is this character like mm-hmm. forever or you know even if the mm-hmm. cover gets changed it's still that character forever because the mm-hmm. internet's forever and all that and then also showing up with an author or with several authors at a signing with I don't know hundreds maybe a thousand different readers that's kind of wild to think about it I imagine is. it's a very unique experience absolutely and I think that's what they like about it because it's different to really anything else in the modeling world Mm -hmm. because it's not just a photo it's like an entire experience like being that and some of them um most of the one those four the covers that they've been on um have been specifically created with them Oh, so like, mm-hmm. you know, that photo shoot or whatever. I mean, Lockie is on a lot of covers, so that's not been the yeah. case for all of them. But like for specific books, like for the punky books that he did for Monica James, like the photo shoot was specifically for that, for that oh, book. So yeah. they designed it in, in relation to that. So, um, yeah, I think from what they've said, they've really enjoyed the process. But um, yeah. Imagine that. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking like, imagine your agent or whatever reaching out to you if you're the model and saying, hey, so I've got an author, you're her vision. We, yeah. you know, we're going to, like, that's kind of, I don't know. I just think it's kind of wild. I think that's like with Jemison as well. Like he was saying, he specifically was one of his friends was like, hey, um, do you know that this author has been saying that her book was inspired by you? And then she, um, Nikki Castle, wrote to him and was like, ah, oh, I feel like I've been called out. Um, but, yeah, that is the case. What do you feel about being on this cover? Because her original cover was like a discreet cover. And he was like, yeah. So she flew out to see him and then they did the cover for it. Wow. That's but, um, so fun, though. I know. I mean, that's true. Every yeah. author I know has like a Pinterest board, you know, yeah, like exactly. some sort of vision board for characters. So mm. I'm, they're real people, <laughs> you know, they're all real yeah. people. So yeah, that's exactly. pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We've had an absolute ball. Um, if you haven't already read Penelope's books, you need to dive in. Like I think, just from the discussions we've had today, there are so many there that you can jump into. Um, and we can attest that the ones that we've read have been brilliant. Um, so yeah. And we hope to thank you for joining us and we hope to chat with you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. I had the best time. Honestly, I'm so chatty. I could keep talking to you gals <laughs> for another hour or two. So, we are um, the we'll same. Do this again. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, Yeah, I had the best time. Thank you so much for having me.